0: coming up on this episode of Inside the Epicenter. There was a guy at my church who was getting more engaged uh, with uh, these issues, and he said to me, he said, Justin, if your theology doesn't lead you to love your neighbor and your enemy, then something is wrong with your theology.
1: Is there any real hope? In the Holy Land. What if between the conflict of Israeli and Palestinian, we could inject a unique new character, Jesus Christ? What if we were able to have a conversation between the forces of radicalism and extremism and those that desire to see love win the day? Hi, and welcome to Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg, a podcast of the Joshua Fund, a ministry dedicated to blessing Israel and her neighbors in the name of Jesus. I'm Carl Muller, Executive Director of the Joshua Fund, and I'm joined today, not by Joel Rosenberg, but by a very special guest, Justin Krohn. Justin Krohn is a frequent speaker at churches and campus ministry gatherings on topics related to the Jewish heritage of the Christian faith and the history of Christian anti-Semitism, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and demonstrating God's love to the Jewish community. And as most of our listeners will know, that the Joshua Fund exists to bless Israel and the neighbors, including the Palestinians, in the name of Jesus. Justin, I'm really glad to welcome you to this podcast and super excited about our conversation today. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Carl, really great to be with you and uh, just really appreciate the heart and the mission of the Joshua Fund. And I really resonate with the support of Israel and also loving Israel's neighbors.
1: Yeah, because that's the biggest challenge. I always say that in my work as executive director, the hardest three words I have to work through are Israel and her neighbors. Israel and the neighbors is a challenging endeavor for any ministry or any person wanting to consider what's really taking place there. But I want our listeners to know about something. Uh, you have produced, you were the executive producer, on a film titled Hope in the Holy Land, a real-life documentary of someone who comes from the U.S. and finds a dialogue and desires to create a dialogue. Tell us about the film and just you know, give us an introduction to Hope in the Holy Land.
0: Yeah, so Hope in the Holy Land uh, is a documentary. It's about a two-hour documentary where the viewer is going to go on a journey with a guy by the name of Todd Moorhead. Todd is an evangelical Christian uh, who loves to surf. Uh, he's from uh, California. I, I think surfing and being Californian kind of goes hand in goes hand. Goes hand
1: in hand, absolutely. Um, yep. <laughs> What about you, though, Carl? Aren't you in California? You, you surf at all? We're in Oceanside, <laughs> but uh, I, I am not a surfer. I'm, I'm a wader uh, in the water, and I body surf. But uh, yeah, watching yeah, I'm there, Todd. Yeah, I'm
0: there with you. Why,
1: <laughs> watching, well, you have an excuse. You're in the Midwest. so uh, That's right. Watching Todd on the film was, was really special, and, and I could see how surfing was a, was a key component of his ability to connect with people. So Todd and I, we
0: partnered together to really go seek answers to a lot of the tough questions that people have uh, related to the conflict between Israel and her neighbors, between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And that was really kind of motivated out of some other films that we had seen that we would say weren't characterizing Israel fairly. Mm. And we're really kind of painting... The Israelis and, and Jews in particular as being foreign colonizer, invader, you know, people huh, who are coming and displacing or even ethnically cleansing Arabs from their ancestral homeland. And that narrative was really kind of gaining uh, traction uh, among a lot of Christians that we knew. And, uh, you know, we just really felt that there's got to be a more balanced story here a more balanced perspective to provide for viewers. And so can we do that? And well, we've, we've done it. I would say at that particular time when we were asking, can we do this? It was like, well, that seems like a huge mountain to climb, Mm. but by God's grace and favor, we got it done.
1: Well, I want to say, I feel such a, an alignment with the purpose of this film and the way you executed it. and, and the work of the Joshua fund in so many ways I could see us uh, being in that film ourselves, you know, having the conversations that you were having, having the conversations that Todd was, was able to have with, with Palestinian believers and with people uh, on the Israeli side and discussing issues of security and all of these things. I thought it was remarkably well done, you know, so you got the idea from watching some other, but you know, A number of us watch and listen to a number of things, and we go, hey, somebody should do something about that. But you actually did. How do you did that? Uh, Well, you know, sometimes God just really convicts you to
0: do something. And there were some messages that were being sent. I remember reading something by uh, novelist Jack Englehart, who wrote the novel Indecent Proposal. And uh, he wrote in an article, he wrote, so where are the Christians who've been taught to love their neighbor, uh, who've been raised to serve as shelters to those who suffer? Silence? Yes, you are your brother's keeper, but where are you? Your fellow students, I'm speaking about uh, Jewish students on college campuses, could use a helping hand. Your fellowship is urgently needed. Why was he saying this? He was saying this because of a rise of anti-Semitism on college campuses related to Jewish students who support Israel's right to exist. And so he's asking, where are the Christians who are going to help us out here, who are going to stand in the gap to help tell our story? And, you know, I think, too, of uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, you know, when he wrote, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And so there was this sense of we've got to do something. And we just felt that producing a film that fairly told Israel's side of the story, while also allowing the Palestinians to share their story, uh, was the best way to go about this. I
1: was going to say that. I mean, with just that description, you might think it was just a pro-Israeli film. It's a balanced film. And I really believe that it's a pro-peace and a pro-engagement film. And and Carl, let me just say, part of the
0: challenge for us, too, was we understood that we've got some growth that we need to do in our own lives in regards to our heart, Mm -hmm. uh, Palestinian people. Uh, There was a guy at my church who was getting more engaged uh, with uh, these issues, and he said to me, he said, Justin, if your theology doesn't lead you to love your neighbor and your enemy, then something is wrong with your theology. Ouch. And I knew right in that moment, oh, I've got some soul work I need to do in regards to my heart for the Palestinian people. So I, along with Todd, we went on this journey to allow God really to work in our own hearts and to also to get some answers that not only did we have, but we knew that a lot of other people had as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and I just want to say to everyone listening, it's a fantastic film. It's beautifully shot. It's really well edited. There's some compelling scenes, both of of fracture and reconciliation, that I found to be really engaging. A couple of the folks uh, are well known to the Joshua Fund in the film as well. Uh, uh, One particular uh, friend of the Joshua Fund is Kalev Myers. Uh, Kalev uh, is a human rights lawyer there, and uh, he, he makes some really interesting comments there in the film that that i found to be compelling maybe you could highlight some of the things about human rights that kalev was was really emphasizing yeah so
0: uh kalev who is a just a great help to us on this journey he understands the issues so well and he himself as as an israeli also a follower of jesus he's been advocating for the palestinian people through his own work and really trying to fight a lot of the corruption that exists within the Palestinian authority, which frankly is what we came to discover is one of the primary reasons why Palestinian people are suffering. I mean, I think the narrative that a lot of people hear is, well, it's because of Israeli policies and, and because of things that Israelis are doing and never thinking about, well, what about the Palestinians own government? Uh, What are they doing? I, I recall having a conversation, this isn't in the film, but there was a conversation I had with a Palestinian Christian uh, who owns a business uh, in uh, the Palestinian territories. And and he said to me, he said, Justin, when your government gives a million dollars to Israel, 900,000 of that ends up to the benefit of the Israeli people. And maybe a hundred thousand ends up in the pockets of the Israeli government. But when your government gives a million dollars to the Palestinian authority, Uh, Maybe 100,000 ends up to the benefit of the people and 900,000 ends up in the pockets of the PA. And he said, that's why we're suffering here in the Palestinian territories. And so uh, people like Kalev have really helped uh, bring that perspective through the work that they're doing.
1: He made an interesting comment. I, I couldn't agree more. He made a very interesting comment that I thought, you know, he says, you know, when you think about where the restrictions are most taking place, they're taking place in the Arab countries, they're taking place in the Palestinian territories. The extremism of the Palestinian Authority precludes the opportunity for Jewish people to walk around the streets of West Bank towns and cities. That is really. A point you bring out. Talk a little bit about what contributes to this misperception. You know, the divide between the way Palestinians see Israelis. Why, why is that? Why do they see Israelis so negatively?
0: Well, Palestinians see a lot of Israelis in a negative light because they're told to. Mm. They're they're encouraged to. I mean, sadly, from a very early age, you know, within the schooling system. They're not taught that the Jewish people have uh, the right to sovereignty within any part of that territory. They are taught that Jews are foreign colonists, that they're invaders who have come to displace uh, Arabs from the land. I mean, that's taught at a very early age and oftentimes in UN-funded schools. And so it's just a part of the atmosphere, the air that they breathe. And so to break out of that, to hear another side, is really, really difficult to do. And in any moment where you start to sympathize with the Jewish people and their story, you could be persecuted for that. You could lose your job. You might even lose your life. It's a, in fact, it's against the law if you even sell land yeah. to a, a Jewish person. And so that's the world in which they grow up in. Now, are there some things that help encourage that narrative? Yeah. Sadly, there are some things that Israelis do. There's a group called Price Tag of settlers who have done some pretty hostile things toward their Arab neighbors, hate crimes and and such against Arabs. And so when you learn of those things, you hear of those things, see those things, it reinforces the narrative that all Israelis or all Jews are bad, evil people.
1: I I was particularly touched by one uh, comment made during the film that, the typical Palestinian living in the West Bank has almost zero interaction with a typical Israeli. And the only images of Israel that they see are soldiers or, you know, what they have been uh, propagandized in the media about. So, I mean, how did you guys intend through your film to kind of make a difference or make an impact in that kind of environment?
0: Well, we wanted to intentionally just spend time with people on both sides And especially with Palestinians, it's not easy, I think, for a lot of Christians who visit Israel to spend time in the Palestinian territories Mm -hmm. and and to to be in the homes of the Palestinian people. Uh, It certainly is a a lot easier to do that uh, on the Israel side. And so, you know, we just wanted to demonstrate that, hey, we're here. We care about you. We want to know your story and we want the world to know, you know, what is it like for you? On this side and we want to do that and we want to represent you as honestly as we possibly can and to build that trust with them and uh, fortunately we were able to do that with several but you'll see in the film too there were some Palestinians who were not very open uh, to us doing that in fact the film opens with a scene of us being run out uh, of a Palestinian refugee village so yeah, some are open to us, and unfortunately others aren't.
1: Yeah, I was just about to comment on that scene. It was particularly compelling. You know, having personally been in Bethlehem and Gaza and, and in the West Bank a lot, and, and as well as Israel, you do feel this sort of tension as a Westerner, as an American, you come in. Uh, and you start meeting with people, you're targeted, you're identified. There are people literally looking out and seeing anybody doing that. Talk a little bit about how that situation unfolded for Todd and what it felt like to be in the midst of that sort of visible conflict between the viewpoints here. Yeah, let's
0: just say my anxiety level went up pretty high. (laughs) Indeed. Um, it's unfortunate, you know, when you're when you're trying to reach out and you're trying to build bridges, and then someone comes along and they're not interested in that whatsoever. And and I think it's just important to know that while we are called to love our neighbors, we're called to love our enemies. They're not always going to accept it. Mm. And when that happens, you you just need to kind of pack up and move on. And so in you know we, we moved on pretty quickly. Uh, but God opened up some other doors for us. But uh, yeah, I just think it's important to know that regardless of the risks involved, Jesus doesn't promise that everything is going to go easy, mm. that it's going to you know, be smooth sailing. Yeah. But he does promise that he'll be with us in the midst of it. Yeah. And we definitely sensed his presence yeah. uh, with us uh, while we were there.
1: Well, I could see from, you know, just Todd's face on so many of the engagements he had with uh, Palestinians and Israelis, there was just genuine concern, genuine connection, and uh, real bridge building going on. I, I really felt like that was one of the hallmarks of the film as I watched it, you know, tell me, Todd is a surfer. We talked about that and surfing plays a bit of a part in this film. There's a couple surfing scenes and there's some, some ways that surfing has been used to help build some of these bridges. Maybe talk a little bit about that and and some of the ongoing things that are, that are part of that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, there is a a subculture there with within Israel uh, of surfers. Uh, When you think of israel you don't normally think of of surfers but you can get some pretty decent waves on the mediterranean uh just ask the the apostle paul i think uh, you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know there's uh arabs uh, who live in israel of course I, i think that's important to bring out too i think when a lot of christians when they think about israel they only think about the jewish people i would put myself in that camp for many years you know just traveling to israel you know, my primary lens was through a Jewish lens and not considering the fact that one out of every five Israelis is Arab. Twenty wow. you know, percent of the Israel population is, is Arab. And so there's Arabs there, too, who like to surf. And so uh, one of the bridge building um, opportunities there is just to get the Jewish and, and Arab surfers uh, together. And uh, Todd is, has been great in helping to facilitate some of that. And there's also an organization there called Surfers for Peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a Christian organization, but it is uh, definitely one that's helped to to build bridges.
1: That's awesome. Well, I'm going to ask you another really fascinating question to me, at least when we get back, because there's a third group we want to talk about in this volatile place. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break here and uh, we'll come back with Justin Crone. Uh, and Hope in the Holy Land documentary. This is Carl Muller, Executive Director of the Joshua Fund. After you're done listening to this episode, make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. We're just getting started, and your help is critical to help others learn about how God is moving in the epicenter. So tell them about Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg and allow them to be encouraged as well. Justin, really I'm always compelled when when I talk with someone from the US who who does think about Israel as Jewish and then the Palestinian territories as Arab and uh, and all of the other countries around Israel. And you made a very good point that in 20% of Israel the Arabs live in you know in different towns and villages all around and you know, it's really kind of a model for the region of of living together well. I mean, generally speaking, there are there are points of conflict, of course, and the media makes a lot of those places where there are, you know, challenging conflicts and such, and we're not trying to minimize those. But there's a third group in both the Palestinian territories and in Israel proper, and that's Christians. I would love for you to talk a little bit about what it's like first of all for palestinian christians and then any of the christians that you uh, met and worked with in israel and just what a unique role that they potentially could play in this
0: yeah you know for palestinian christians so palestinian you know christians who who live in the palestinian territories they're they're often caught between a rock and a hard place
1: doubly persecuted
0: Right. And, and you know, you have also different backgrounds of Christians, too, within the Palestinian territories. I think that's important to understand. You know, there's there's the Orthodox, you know, and then there's the mainline Protestant denominations. And, and then there's the evangelicals who are very small minority, you know, and there's differences of opinion, too, uh, within these groups about Israel. Mm-hmm. And they're all trying to, in a sense, survive. Um, because they're the minority of what? They're all the minority of, of the majority population, which are the Muslims. And some of the Muslims, quite frankly, aren't really all that nice to their Christian neighbors. So they're dealing with that tension. And then they're also, they've got Israel to contend with. And when you attempt to show any sense of sympathy towards Israel, I think, you know, as I've already mentioned, You know, you're persecuted for that. And so it's a tough spot to be in. But then you have some of these Palestinian Christians who want to build bridges with their brothers and sisters within Israel, Mm -hmm. both Jewish believers, uh, Jewish followers of Jesus and and Arab followers of Jesus. And it's also often very difficult for them to do that because there's not freedom of travel uh, between the two territories. And so it's a tough situation, and when we pray for unity Mm. among the believers, uh, understand that there are great challenges, just logistical uh, challenges involved uh, in that occurring. Yeah,
1: I I think you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's one of those things that for an American is so hard to get our heads wrapped around because we're talking about literally generations, even even hundreds of years of of conflict and and challenge for the christians both in israel messianic believers and arab christians evangelicals to even come outside of those cultures to build bridges it's it's the best place i think the best hope for building peace because i've talked to believers on both sides and and we do believe that the lord gave us that mandate to love our neighbors to love our enemies. You know, we call the Arab countries around Israel, the neighbors, because God told us to love the neighbors. He also told us to love the enemies. And we'll talk about that on a few other episodes of the podcast, (laughs) but, but the truth is, you know, it's gotta be in my mind, it's gotta be a Jesus based peace bridge that, that can build any hope for, for fabric on those things. Have you seen some things uh, that are hopeful in this area?
0: Yeah, what's encouraging is there are believers who understand something incredibly important. And that's everyone is made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And you will never look into the eyes of someone who doesn't matter to God. And that's a central part of the gospel, is that people matter to God, matter to God so much that he would send his son to die and, and to provide atonement, forgiveness of sin for all people, regardless of what their ethnic or, or nationalistic background is. And so to see believers who get that and who are living that is an absolutely beautiful thing. And we do bring that out in the film and in a way without it alienating a Jewish viewer who, who might be watching the film. But to live out the message and the value and really the commandment to forgive yeah. And that's really what I would say is, is the true answer to the conflict is forgiveness. Amen. And so I think that that message needs to be made loud and clear. Amen. And if we could help do that through this film, then we've done our job, I think.
1: Well, I think you've done a great job. And uh, I've got a number of other questions to go over with you. I, You know, one one thing, you know, uh, someone once told me, a persecuted believer in another part of the world in his country told me, he said, it all begins and ends with forgiveness. So without forgiveness, there is no Christian life. And I think that is a motto that I see in this film. You you have to begin with the forgiveness that God showed us while we were still sinners, while we were enemies of the cross. He died for us. When we were enemies of Christ, he died on that cross for us. And, you know, I firmly believe that if we start with forgiveness, we can actually make progress and yet i mean there's no denying uh we here at the joshua fund understand (laughs) intimately that you you don't have sort of a band-aid solution to something like this you really have to start at the grassroots level and bring people into grassroots contact and awareness one scene maybe you can comment is on the on the uh The factory or the the business where they were all working together and there were there was a Christian, there was a uh, Jewish person and there was an Arab and they were all working together and describe some of the the, the outcomes when people actually do integrate and interrelate that way. Yeah, I think
0: it'd be surprising for a lot of viewers to see that there are are Jews and Arabs, Israelis and Palestinians uh, who are working together in factories within the disputed territories and enjoying working together, loving working together, and believing that doing so is, is helping to build bridges uh, towards peace. And I think it's important for people to see that. I think, sadly, there's what is known as the Boycott, Divestment and Sanctions Movement, mm-hmm. uh, just known as BDS, that is uh, seeking to basically shut down uh, these factories where many Palestinians are employed oftentimes making four or five times as much that they they could make if they were working uh, in a Palestinian owned business, Mm -hmm. you know, that money's putting food on the table for Palestinians, sending their kids to college, et cetera. Uh, But yet you've got an international movement that is trying to shut these factories down. And that, who does that hurt? Exactly. It doesn't really hurt the Israelis because they could very easily move you know, into Israel proper, who it hurts the most are Palestinians. And so I I think it's important for people to know that this film certainly brings that out. And to know that that is definitely one of the pathways towards peace, economic cooperation, we we really think is a great pathway to peace. You
1: know, I wouldn't, I couldn't agree more. I I would say one of the things that was so striking about that was, the people who would be the most vocal against uh, BDS in their communities would be those Palestinian workers in those factories that would be shut down if that really took root. And I think it's unbelievably disingenuous of the media in the West to position this as a, as a justice thing. I, this is actually going to hurt the most vulnerable and the most Uh, susceptible to economic challenges you know we we don't spend a great deal of time talking about economics on this podcast we mostly talk about the spiritual realities of of life and how we we put those things forward but i think the christian community has an obligation here in america to say it's about engagement not disengagement it's about investment not disinvestment in these things because if we were actually able to do that uh, we would make a big difference and i think You know, Joel and I talked in previous podcasts about the Abraham Accords and why um, some of the Gulf state countries made peace with Israel. It was primarily because of economic engagement was beneficial. And I think if the Palestinian Authority would see that, their people would ultimately really benefit. And that's the saddest part of this story, I think, that they're not.
0: I I agree. And here's the thing. The Palestinian people themselves see it Mm -hmm. and want it. But again, unfortunately, the Palestinian Authority seems to have a, a zero sum game mm-hmm. or proposition in mind, which is all or nothing. Yeah. And as long as they continue to uh, hold that line, uh, we're not going to see the type of uh, progress towards peace that we'd like to. Yeah,
1: I think your film does a great job of really identifying that stumbling block to peace as being the Palestinian Authority's, you know, myopic view and really you know they're truly the ones walling their citizens off from the possibility of peace and prosperity but what are some of the other stumbling blocks that you see you know working in this area what are what are some of the other stumbling blocks maybe on the israeli side as well
0: yeah carl clearly uh one of the the greatest stumbling blocks that we encountered was fundamentalist islam mm-hmm. or the theology of of fundamentalist islam which really you know, does not uh, view the Jewish people in a very positive light. Definitely, you know, second-class citizens, uh, those who are not really entitled to have sovereignty over any square inch of that land. And one of the scenes in the film, we captured the audio. We weren't able to, to capture the person on film. But where he told us that he believes, according to, Islamic theology, that the Jewish people are returning to the land right now, as they've been doing for the last uh, several decades, that their return to the land is for one thing and one thing only, and that's for their final destruction. And you know, we asked him, you know, do all Palestinians see it this way? And he said, yes. No, that doesn't mean that they all do, but it's certainly a very prominent view within the Palestinian society and and so i would say fundamentalist islam remains a significant barrier sure. to progress towards peace with the israelis
1: sure. yeah well i can see that and you know this is a podcast that we also deal with some of the the movements of god in these latter days we are seeing these forces becoming unmasked in many ways and making these uh, really really aggressive threats against israel and against the people of Israel you know we recognize uh, like like you do in this film that this sort of uh, ideology motivates people to do terrible terrible things there's a scene in there where you know some of the the Palestinian suicide bombers uh, some talk with some of the survivors of some of those Attacks and, and, and what position that puts a culture in. I can't imagine living here in, La, you know, uh, Orange County, uh, southern uh, Los Angeles, that if somebody walked into a beachside cafe and and blew it up, you know, we we wouldn't understand, uh, you know, our security anymore. We would feel completely vulnerable. And I think that that's a direct result of this fundamentalist ideology that comes and makes heroes of those that, that do that kind of thing. But I don't want us to concentrate on that negative side because i see so much positive this is hope in the holy land right it really is and uh,
0: we just need to know that uh, god is always at work we may not always see it it may not make headline news but to know that god will fulfill his promises and he will restore israel and and he will restore the nations that's where the the story ends (laughs) And uh, we need to know that that God is on the move in those areas. And we need to continue to pray for those uh, who are not uh, getting the attention that uh, we would like to see them get. But gratefully, there's podcasts like yours and ministries like yours that that helps bring uh, more attention to those stories.
1: Yes. You know, we're seeing, you know, so much of the world's attention uh, that gets focused on Israel. Um, we're starting to see, you know, how people are recognizing this isn't a, a, a sim- simple sum game. This is actually, you know, really part of God's plan. And we do believe that he's working. We do see it in places that people often don't expect. Um, you know, now you guys don't only make movies. You've you've done some other things to help facilitate, uh, you know, healing and, you know, when you just called us to, to pray uh, pray for the Peace of Jerusalem is, is something that we do you know regularly here and and really believe in that in that mantra but you guys do other things too. how, how else are you guys helping to facilitate a conversation around hope uh, for the Holy Land?
0: Yeah so both Todd and I we, we do lead tours to the Holy Land and part of what we try to encourage uh, is engagement with those on the Palestinian side. I know a lot of tours, unfortunately, that really never really go into those areas. I know that's not the case, of course, uh, for the tours that the, the Joshua Fund does, or, or Joel, or um, and, and that's why I would say I recommend when you guys do tours that your listeners should should go with you. But I I really do think that that is important that when we as as followers of Jesus have the opportunity to visit the Holy Land, that we spend time on on both sides. Mm-hmm. And we also, too, we've, we've got a website for the film, and, and there's a resource section there. And we encourage people to check out some of those resources, get educated about the issues. Um, there are resources that are really good that you could also recommend okay. to friends who might have questions. And so, you know, we try to get around as best as we can to just educate uh, those within the church and, and those even outside the church who have ears to hear and, yeah. and nice to see. I
1: love, I love those resources and we're going to have the link to those in our show notes uh, here on the podcast and, and of course we'll, you know, we'll talk about that in a second but moving out of the, the exact message of this film maybe you could comment on you know something larger for everybody. Why do you think it's important for us to seek out people who disagree with us? <laughs> well I
0: think we're told to. <laughs> we're commanded to. And, you know, if if Jesus says that we're to love our neighbors and our enemies, Mm -hmm. then there should be some real hands and feet to that. And I think it's just about asking questions. I think one of the best questions we can ask is help me understand. Mm. Can you help me understand? And just listen. Uh, Because when people feel heard and understood, I think it makes them more open to hearing the hope that we have learning our perspective. And if we aren't willing to do that, then we're not giving, I think the Holy spirit, the opportunity to do the work that he's best at.
1: Boy, I have to say, Justin, I, I so resonate with that, especially in our world where we are constantly seeking, uh, it seems to, to just retreat into our own echo chambers of, of viewpoints and, and adopt, uh, you know, simple solutions to things that are extremely complex. You know what you just said there about about stepping outside of comfort zones and engaging those things. I think is is incredibly important for for our listeners, for anyone really, in any context. If we are going to love uh, people the way Jesus calls us to love people, we, we're going to encounter some people who disagree with us, and maybe even dramatically so. And this movie is really evidence of that. Were you changed? By making this movie in any ways, and how were you? absolutely how were you? <laughs> yeah well, here's the thing. I think
0: when you step outside of your comfort zone, it stretches your faith, mm. and when you see God show up in those moments, I think it just gives you more confidence and faith in God, and so that's great because we're all going to you know have trials, we're all going to you know hit storms, and so we might as well uh, learn how to deal with those things uh, before they come. And so doing something like, like we did that we're still doing, this is a journey that we're still on, um, I think really helps uh, stretch our faith and also to transform our hearts. You know, here's the thing. Loving people is not something that comes natural. <laughs> it's true. It's a supernatural thing. We wouldn't have to know? be commanded so, to do it if it was natural. <laughs> right. It's just not how we're wired up. And so I think it just teaches us to love better. And so I would like to say, you could ask my wife if I have learned to love better as a result of this. I think she'd say I I have. But yeah, so, you know, regardless of what the outcome is, when Jesus says to do it, do it.
1: We do it. That's exactly right. It's the best good advice right there from Justin Crone. But I I would say, you know, one of the things that, that when I... Uh, saw this film and in some of the encounters that I've had as well, uh, you know what what changes us is what stretches us beyond our comfort zones and uh, puts uh, new data into the conversation we have in our own mind about a thing. And I, and I really believe that God has uh, given us the freedom to really engage differing viewpoints and to come away with a better understanding of the situation. And I'm I'm hopeful. Um, I guess coming from this movie, uh, I'm hopeful that there'll be more and more Christians, at least in America, being able to have more data to be able to to understand this situation a little bit better. Quick story uh, from a time when I I was taking a, a group to Israel, and we also went to Bethlehem, and we went to uh, Jordan, and we were you know dialoguing with just like you do, uh, folks on all sides. And uh, one of the supporters that uh, were with me on the trip, I I said, so what, Todd, what'd you think of the, uh," it was a different (laughs) Todd, but I said, what'd you think of our trip? And he goes, well, all I can tell you is I understood this place a lot better before I came here. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and, you know, that's, it's, it's kind of a paradoxical thing. The more we enter that complexity, the more we're actually helping to resolve some of the, the those problems and and do that rather than just try to stay in our you know sort of cliche driven you know comfort zones on understanding these issues. So again, Justin, so grateful that you guys were able to make this film to to engage this question. It's 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 really challenged me, and I and I know it'll challenge or our, our anyone who who watches it from this podcast. But what do you want the biggest takeaway? If there could be one thing, Justin. From this film that you would love people to take away, what would it be? Yeah. So,
0: we, you know, we asked that question to ourselves too in the process of making the film. And at the forefront, every single time we would have this conversation, it was this We want people to grow a bigger heart for both Jews and Arabs hmm. in the Holy Land, wherever they're at. You know, if they're on the more pro-Arab side, you know, if they naturally sympathize more with the Arabs, we hope that through watching this film, they're going to walk away with a bigger heart for the Jewish people and then vice versa. If you're more on the pro-Israel, pro-Jewish side, we hope that you're challenged to love the Arabs more. And so if that's what occurs as a result of this film, then yay God, Um, we are more than grateful for what God has given us the opportunity to do.
1: Man, that is so good. Um, uh, Justin Crone, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us here on the uh, Inside the Epicenter podcast. I I, I want to bless you and your work, and I do believe that uh, as you do this work, you are actually uh, helping to facilitate more hands and feet of Jesus to build peace in this uh, incredibly special place. So uh on behalf of the Joshua Fund and, and this podcast, thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate it a lot.
0: Thank you, Carl. Great to be with you. Yes.
1: And and for you listening, if you'd like to learn more about the Joshua Fund, or obviously some of our partners, like uh the Hope for the Holy Land uh, film and and Justin and Todd's work there, visit our website at joshuafund.com and there you can learn about what we're doing in the Middle East, like Justin just said to bless Israel and her neighbors, the Arabs and Palestinians around in the name of Jesus. So that you can participate in this healing work that we're doing in this critical region. If you found this podcast valuable or in any way, please get in touch with us. Let us know who you are. Uh, We want to talk to you about all kinds of things on this show. And we can only do that. If you let us know what you want to hear about. If you have a question, you want Joel to answer go to joshuafund.com and click on Contact Us. Your feedback is incredibly valuable as we continue to develop this podcast. And as always, you can check out the show notes uh, for anything you heard on this podcast, uh, including the the hopeintheholyland.com website and the multiple resources they have there to help educate you on what God is doing to bring peace and hope in the Holy Land. So for Joel Rosenberg and the Joshua Fund team, I'm Carl Muller. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg.
0: I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.